I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step -step method. I'm here today with Braha Kopstek, a registered dietitian specializing in adolescent nutrition. Braha helps parents feel calm and confident with raising adolescents to have a positive relationship with food and their body. There's a lot of contradictory information about feeding kids. Braha clarifies and educates parents so they can raise adolescents with a positive food relationship. Braha believes that by addressing nutrition messages at the stage of growth, adolescents learn to eat free of guilt and shame and grow into mature adults with interests that go beyond food and their appearance. So where can we find you on social media, Braha? Well, I am, hi everyone. I am adolescent.nutritionist on Instagram. Fantastic. Love the handle. If you could talk a little bit about your nutrition philosophy and what does it mean to be a weight neutral dietitian for those who don't know or those who want to know how you apply it uh, to the, the bio that we just reviewed about what you do and how you help adolescents. Yeah, so weight neutral care in general believes that everyone, regardless of their size and shape, deserves health care free of bias and shame and that nutrition recommendations should be tailored to their needs regardless of that weight. As I specialize in adolescent nutrition specifically, this is even more important as adolescents are at a greater risk of developing disordered eating and eating disorders when they diet or restrict foods. So it's really important, I feel, to focus more on that relationship of what they're eating and why they're eating rather than removing foods or restricting things and making sure that they are feeding their, their growth and their development. That's fantastic. And thank you for clarifying that as far as, you know, adolescents being higher at risk. And so the work that you do, can you talk about the benefits for both the adolescent and for the parent? Can you talk a little bit about how your weight neutral approach in practice is beneficial for the whole family. Yeah, so it, yeah, it definitely affects the whole family when there's not that focus on eating rules or on restricting food. I find that parents as well as the kids feel that freedom of being more in tune with their body. Uh, they, don't, they don't feel that, that shame that often comes with dieting or with restricting. And they're really feeding their full body, both physically and emotionally, when, when they're eating more in tune with their body's needs. Yeah. And what about mom and dad? How are they benefiting from the adolescent eating in tune with their needs? How does that translate to mom, dad, and the family unit? Mm, yeah. The stress and the, really the stress is, is taken off when it's not about pushing their kids to eat certain foods or holding back or having the parents controlling the, what, what the kids are eating, but that freedom that the kids have and the parents feel that too, that they're no longer 
on top of what their kids are eating, but rather allowing that relationship for their, their children to develop between their body, their needs, and their eating habits. So having that hands-off approach is, is just so freeing for the parents as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And so when you market your services, you market how you help the family as a unit. Is that correct? Both for the adolescent and for mom and dad so that the whole unit, the whole familial unit can feel guilt and stress-free when it comes to food and the whole experience of eating. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm marketing to the parents, showing them that, that exactly it's a benefit to them to help their kids, benefits to the, the whole family and the home unit. Wonderful. And so can you talk about where you started out and where you are now with your approach, your business, and even how you market yourself using social media? Yeah, so I, I always knew that I wanted to be working with families and with kids, um, but I was kind of struggling with really defining that and who I serve. So I, I didn't really think that I could make a full career with, with servicing adolescents or with families. So really was anyone who was coming to me, I would, I would help. Uh, I was taking, I took training in IBS care and PCOS and anything and everything. And then you were taking training in IBS and PCOS. And then what happened? How did you finally decide to get more clear and, and really hone in on the adolescent and help them find food freedom? I guess it was, it was actually when I spoke with you for the very first time, I told you that I wanted to be working with pedi- pediatrics and with families. And you just like, that's not a, that's not a target market. It's not niche down enough. And I just went directly into adolescence. That was the group that I had enjoyed working with the most and just find that life stage so fun and, and, such a cool stage to be working with and that really is an underserved market. So food freedom was something I'd already been working with. We're coming from a a health at every size framework. So that was something I definitely knew I was already doing. And it was just that focus of getting into that adolescent phase and then honing in on the the need of, of removing the stress and the shame and the guilt and really just getting in on that. Yeah, which is the the pain points, right? Exactly, those pain points. Fantastic. And would you be comfortable sharing a little bit about how you relate with that niche? Meaning, and and your point in your life when you were an adolescent, is there any kind of uh, reflections or personal experiences you felt that you can translate into the level of empathy and compassion you have towards this underserved population? So as an adolescent, I did gain weight like most adolescents do. And I'm so grateful that somehow my parents just acknowledged it, but didn't harp on it. So I knew or believed that I was fat, but didn't see that as a concern. And I was allowed to eat whatever foods the rest of my family was eating. And I was allowed to do the activity that I enjoyed doing and just continued having interests and hobbies that weren't about what I'm eating or how much activity I'm doing. And moving forward, or or once I kind of moved out of that age stage, I realized that 
most adolescents did not have that experience, that a lot of people were gaining weight, as happens in puberty, mm-hmm. but they were being told what to eat or, or restricting the foods that they had and didn't enjoy being active or, or you know, that they, there was some restriction happening in their life to kind of combat that weight gain. And I really wanted to have, be able to share my experience and share with parents kind of the, the same thing that I was lucky enough to grow up experiencing to, to share that. That's beautiful. Yeah, and that reflection of how you saw other people have a different environment than you that wasn't as welcoming towards a natural stage in life when you grow up and you feel a little bit awkward. Do you think reflecting on that helped you develop more empathy and more vulnerability with your ability to tell the story that you tell and serve the the people that you serve? Yeah, and then also, for sure, because I, I also had some family experience with someone had an eating disorder at that same age, uh, life stage. So seeing what they went through and how their family was impacted really, really spurred me on even further to want to help at this and and be, to to educate and support parents. And that's exactly what you do with your content, which we'll get to in a minute. So thank you for, for giving the backstory about both how you were able to you know, lean in and, and reflect on your personal experience and how an eating disorder, you know, not yours specifically, but somebody in a similar stage had an eating disorder and how it impacted and affected the lives of those around them and how that further created empathy with your ability to use the Hayes framework with how you serve women and families and, and humans, right? Helping them through that stage of life. Yeah, that's great. I think a lot of times the listeners uh, fail to reflect on this, you know, experiences from our lives and how it helps us connect and develop more empathy. So it's nice when you can share that. I know you have it in your bio because it inspires other dietitians to be able to reflect on their lives and strengthen their why, right? Your higher purpose, your motivation for serving this market, right? And and adding value to them because of your personal experience and because they're underserved. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so if you could talk about how your niche has evolved at all. Did you start out from the beginning with adolescence? Or I know we talked about the story of how, uh, you know, you like working with them, but had you always kind of marketed for this market? Or were, I know you said you did peds, so can you walk us through a little bit about, just a little bit about, I guess, your journey? So, yeah, it it has evolved. So, like you said, I, I started with peds and there was, I, I was kind of all over the place with what I was offering. I knew that it was helping parents kind of lose that stress or, or make feeding their kids easy, but I wasn't really sure how to go about that. I was offering simple recipes and talking about baby led weaning and younger kids and older kids. And it, it was really, it was just everything. And how, how has now that you have, you know, focused more on adolescence and specifically with the Hayes framework and talking about uh, food freedom, how has that changed either your marketing and or the way your audience perceives you? So now my marketing is definitely more targeted. It's only adolescents and it's very much focused to parents of that age group. And 
I think it also is about how my audience perceives me. They know that I am the place to come to for their kids who are eight to 15 or however they define adolescence. They know that I'm giving content for their specific life stage. And how has that made you feel knowing that you're able to attract a specific type of person? Has that helped your, either your marketing process or your confidence with being seen as an expert in this space? Oh my gosh, my confidence so has been so much That's great. in this. I pretty much saw it as soon as I changed my Instagram handle and people were coming to me and seeing me as like, because I had put myself out as saying that this is what I'm doing. And they were responding to that, telling me, you know, it's great to see a dietitian who is focusing on this area. You know, everyone's doing toddlers or babies. And hearing that I was needed just gave me a boost right away. And then when people are coming to me for, I recently had a really huge mother, mother child dietitian come to me to collaborate with her because she's, that I'm giving this information and I'm providing the education for adolescents and parents of this age group and, and having that affirmation of that, that I am providing a need and that I have that skill in this particular area was really boosting. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and the content you create is fantastic. So for those listening, I definitely want you to follow Braha and support her and, and check out the good work she's doing, the good, clear work. And so now that we're talking a little bit about social media, the fact that you've increased your confidence and you're obviously getting people noticing you, talking to you, working with you, acknowledging you, even featuring your content, right? And then you are getting people who are chatting with you in the, the type of people you're trying to attract. You're getting them uh, to talk to you, which is important. So your marketing efforts are paying off. Can you talk about your, your process of creating content, uh, whether you want to talk a little bit about um, actually how you do it, the nitty gritty, or a little bit of the strategy related to how you decide what to post? Um, anything you want to share about the content creation process, since that is something that you do very well? Thank you. Okay, so it's not really, I don't really have such a streamlined thing, honestly. What I, the content I have is, is really from talking to my audience and hearing what the issues are, what they are experiencing. And, you know, honestly, you hear something enough times and, or even a couple of times, and, and you know that it's something that moms are, are feeling. And that's what I try to, to show. And in my posts, kind of giving a, a little solution. So posting what their problem is and sharing how I could help relieve that issue. That's fantastic. As you're incredible. It, it really is that simple. You ask them what they want and then you solve their problems in the content. So that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And do you have any tips for listeners about how they too can build the know, like, and trust or solve problems among their audience, whether they're just starting or they're just trying to kind of pick up traction in their journey? Really just have to do it. It's get out there. People aren't going to talk to you if you're not talking to them. So being consistent in your messaging. People want to know who you are and what your message is. And the more that you can show the same message in various ways or, or show how your services can solve their problems is just 
so important to, to just get out there and, and show that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're doing a fantastic job leading the way and, and creating better and better content that solve more clear um, problems for your audience. And I love that you're saying you can't expect people to talk to you if you don't talk to them, right? Because a lot of getting clear with what they want is in part like starting a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Doing that. And so can you walk us through a little bit about how for those listening who are like, oh, how do I even start a conversation? Do you have a tip or two? I mean, is it as easy as you just hopping on social and commenting on like-minded uh, feeds or how have you been able to generate just those baseline conversations? So, yeah, it's, it's definitely being in the, um, the feeds that are similar niche, being, finding where my moms are yep. and what they're talking about and what they're experiencing. And then starting to respond to those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, creating posts that are, um, even if like, it's not like exactly what your target market is talking, but starting that conversation. And, and then once you've kind of got a bit of an audience, you can hone down the message and, and get more clear because yeah, it is a journey. It is um, a skill and, and it takes time to build that audience, but starting it bit by bit gets you clearer on, on what your people need. So can you talk a little bit, I have two questions as we wrap up, a little bit about mindset and then time management. So do you have any tips for how you've been able to shift your mindset or really focus on a growth mindset in this process as you're creating content, focusing your message? And, you know, some days are harder than others. So how do you manage that or how can the listener manage that? Mindset, is, it's big and I... I totally struggled with that and I, I still do. I have a couple mantras that I have like stuck right here in front of me. And I think finding that is, is helpful, but even moving through it and, and seeing the, 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 that I am making an impact on my followers. So when I do see the comments, I see the DMs. Those are important. Like they, even if you don't have like a big audience, you're not getting all the likes. There are people who are seeing it and people who are, you are reaching. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And focusing on those things, focusing on those few people, even if it's just a few people is, is so helpful to see that you're helping even just one or two people. Yep. So what you're saying is to keep a positive mindset in summary, focus on helping those, you know, even if it's just a few start small and work your way up. But if, you know, you don't keep a positive mindset and see those few people as being significant, it's hard for you to grow those few people into many people. Would you say that's a good summary? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And then would you be willing to share one of your mantras so we can kind of have some inspiration? Because I know you said you had two and you're pointing to your office. <laughs> so I know the listener. Right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've got, uh, I'm a successful money-making dietitian. I love that. Um, and my second one is acknowledge the doubt and do it anyway. A- acknowledge the doubt and do it anyway? Yeah. Because I have the doubt. Like, honestly, like, this is a hard thing to do to be growing a business to be in a target market that isn't super popular and 
to be focusing in an area that, that seems to be pretty hard to grow in, but I love doing it. So I just move on. I keep on doing it. Absolutely. And when you say hard to grow in, I think that when you are innovative and when you're focusing on something like adolescence and food freedom, it can feel a little bit scary, but at the same time, like when you see that people are joining the conversations, whether they're colleagues, other professionals, you know, therapists, or also consumers, right? When you see that you're getting interest and attention, even if they are just a few people, with time and with your ability to focus on the pain points and continue to make great content, continue to start conversations, that does grow the business. And it's all about applying, you know, your positive mindset and your mantras to know that, yes, it might not be a saturated, like, niche, right? Like, if you were to just do food freedom for everybody, right, that's a little more popular. But since you're doing food freedom for adolescents, it is a little bit more um, unique. But that can also be a good thing because people see you and they remember you and they say, oh, that's interesting. She's honing in on that specific target market. So with your passion is absolutely a good formula for you to, with some time and making sure you're consistent, that's, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people, a lot of my guests will, or dietitians I've worked with will say something along the lines of, oh, there's too many people in food freedom. How do I stand out? But then when you're in something a little bit more unique, like yourself, like adolescence and food freedom, there's that concern as well of, oh my goodness, am I too unique? Right. And I think at the end of the day, when you are unique like yourself, it can be an advantage as long as you're able to solve the problems and the pain points and start those conversations and hone in like you have been um, because you're a leader. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that reframing of that. Yeah, it's true. And when you have that passion, that's, you know, that's what's important because people see it and they feel it and people want to be inspired. So your audience wants to be inspired and your clients want to be inspired and they want to know how you can help make their lives and their family unit better because you really are not just helping that adolescent, you're helping mom and dad too. And so when you focus on that and I know you do in your content, it's going to really help encourage the whole family to have a better quality of life uh, for, for their, you know, for their kid. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what the focus is about. I want to wrap up with a quick uh, tip about time management and then see if you have any kind of final words you want to leave us with. So what has been a difficult for you on the journey with managing time or what do you think you've learned that you want to share with the audience about um, how to not waste your time and be efficient in the process of growing you know, your journey? I think the, the thing that was most beneficial in helping me manage time was getting super clear on my messaging. So I'm not just sitting in front of a blank Instagram post trying to figure out what I'm doing or, or to create content. It's having that clear message really speeds up the, the posts and, and helps me quickly create content because I know what the end goal is. That's fantastic. Definitely efficient, right? Because then you're not throwing spaghetti at the wall. You're saying, this is the message. This is what they want. And it's all because of the conversations you've started, right? And, and learning and diving into yeah. what they want. That's fantastic. Right. So I guess the, the overriding message would be for the listeners to get clear on their message too, so they can be more efficient in their content creation process and solve problems. Yeah. Being clear on your message is, is key to everything, to, to the content creation and about that community creation and eventually and and with the ultimate goal of sales absolutely 
And in addition to that, it's really just being a resource, right? Because we want to be resources for our audience and we want to be leaders for them. We want to inspire them, whether, you know, it's a difficult time in the economy or, you know, whatever the situation might be at the end of the day, we are leaders, leaders for our, our clients, our audience, and our colleagues. And so the more clear we are with our message, the better likelihood we have to be leaders because people don't like to be confused. And if you don't have a message, people are confused. The more clear your message is, the less likely people will be confused. And a confused customer doesn't buy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's very good points. Any kind of final words you want to leave us with, Bracha, about you know where you might be in the future or something that you think would be inspiring to leave us with after listening to this episode? I think it's it really, it's just keep on moving. It's keep going. Like you're asking where I'm going. I'm just excited to see what else I can be offering. I'm thinking, you know, books or online courses, just like know what your customer wants or, or ask your customer what they want and be willing to move with forward with them and, and get that creative and keep, I'm excited to just keep on going and, and helping people with, uh, with my passion. I love that. I love how you made it so simple. You said, just ask what they want, right? Keep going and ask what they want. I think that was a really good summary. And then don't forget to produce what they want, right? Because <laughs> you have to ask what they want and then you got to give them what they want, right? It sounds so simple, but so many of you struggle with this. And so I really appreciate that you are representing and being a role model in this space by clearly asking what they want. And then anyone who follows you or checks out your social can see that you're, you're solving their problems. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for joining. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.